I joined the Middle Faith community uh, five years ago, first as a congregant and then as a member, and then I got to come on staff here and become the director of children, youth, and young adults. And it's been amazing, truly amazing to think back on what I've seen and what I've experienced in these past five years on all the ways that I've seen the beloved community in action at Middle. A civil rights trip with our partner, the Lower East Side Girls Club, with high school students traveling to Louisiana and Alabama, youth service learning trips to Philadelphia and Puerto Rico, I see some of you, kids walk on Christmas pageants, Easter egg and scavenger hunts all throughout the building, Interfaith playdates with our Muslim, Jewish, Hare Krishna, and Christian neighbors. The Children's Multicultural Book Fair. The Second Avenue Street Fair. Marches, protests, and vigils. Hikes in Beacon, beach days at the Rockaways, outings at the Botanical Garden, soccer games at Yankee Stadium, and music, and movies in city parks. We've played together, and we've served together, and we have learned and grown alongside one another. For three summers in a row, we've gathered at Tompkins Square Park for a middle family picnic. And when we say family, we mean the intergenerational, multicultural, multi-ethnic community, the family that is Middle Church. Each summer, we've had babies up through seniors join this fun. And it's a potluck, which in the East Village means pizza boxes and buckets of chicken and hummus and chips and cupcakes are all certainly staples. There's also some green things and fresh fruit. And Middle brings popsicles and fudgesicles for the young and the young at heart. The old people sit together at picnic table benches and they dish out fruit salad to one another. And they tell stories from the ways they've grown up or lived in the Lower East Side. What has changed? What has remained the same? The young people run through the sprinklers. They blow bubbles. They draw with sidewalk chalk, jump rope, a game of t-ball all happens under big, tall trees. And the young people might occasionally swoop by for a refill or to add another friend to their mix. Sound familiar to the scene described by the prophet Zechariah? Everyone is safe. Everyone is cared for. And if an injury or discord occurs, plenty of folks are right there to lend a hand and offer some comfort. One of our beloved seniors took a spill on the sidewalk coming into the park. And when she arrived at the picnic, the community jumped in to make sure she was cared for. Here's a glass of cool water. Let's clean up your scrape. I have some Band-Aids in my purse. Do you want to take a seat here? Can I call your daughter to let her know you're all right? Let me know when you're ready for a plate of food. We're just glad you're here safe and could join us. I like the way the message translation phrases this vision from the prophet Zechariah 
in verses 4 and 5. Old men and old women will come back to Jerusalem, sit on benches on the streets and spin tails, move around safely with their canes. A good city to grow old in. And boys and girls will fill the public parks, laughing and playing. A good city to grow up in. Don't you want to be a part of that community, that scene? One where the wisdom of the elders is valued alongside the young people's energy. Both are essential to this movement of love and justice. In my time at Middle, I've seen glimpses of what Zechariah described. Even when so much in our world does not align with this future vision of community as it's outlined in the text. Zechariah describes a future marked by peace filled with people coming from the east and from the west, living together in what is called the faithful city. There's an idea of restoration in relationship to one another, to God, and to the city itself. What may have been broken or fractured is restored in mutuality and in integrity. The passage ends by stating God's relationship to God's people is marked by her faithfulness and righteousness. In this beautiful vision of the future, the prophet Zechariah also offers a helpful reality check. He speaks to people who might have some reservations or doubts. Those who might consider this vision too hard or even impossible. Even though it might to some seem impossible, God is still at work, making all things beloved, creating community. I know this scene and vision sounds pretty idyllic. And it might seem impossible when some children still don't have clean water to drink right here in New York and New Jersey, in Flint, Michigan, and also in Haiti. It might seem impossible when the schools where children can learn are not fully rebuilt in Puerto Rico, are being bombed in Syria, and are highly segregated in our own city. It might seem impossible when black people still fear for their lives, even in their homes as they're playing video games with their nephew. And when Latinx children are still separated from their parents at the border and placed in inhumane conditions and detention facilities. It might seem impossible when one in five children grow up poor. And when this means a family of four lives on just $17 per person per day. The weight of all this injustice and suffering can make this vision feel far off or impossible. But visionaries like Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. could see what the prophet Zechariah also described. Dr. King helped to shape the idea of the beloved community. I first read about the idea of the beloved community about 10 years ago when I helped found an intentional faith community in Greeley, Colorado. 
It's thought to be a good neighbor with all different ages and ethnicities and language groups coming together on Friday nights for a shared meal, games, and community building. We sought to be a place of welcome and hospitality with our immigrant and refugee neighbors who had recently relocated to this small town from Central America, East Africa, and Southeast Asia. The young adults living in this community house recognized the concept of the beloved community. They saw in civil rights organizing as a thread that connected to current social justice movements with people of faith responding and working in solidarity. The King Center describes the beloved community as a global vision in which all people can share access to resources. And the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Yes. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will be replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood, of brotherhood, of siblinghood, of family. Such a vision requires a movement that encompasses both heal the world and heal the soul. The type of inner work and outer work that can't be accomplished if our lives are too siloed or too fragmented from one another. And this type of work you hear described in Middle's vision statement. Following in the way of Jesus' radical love and inspired by the prophets, Middle Church is called by God to do a bold new thing on the earth. We aim to heal the soul and the world by dismantling racist, classist, sexist, homophobic, and xenophobic systems of oppression. That, in our vision statement, is some beloved community calling right there. Yes. In speaking of a future vision in what society could and should grow to become, Dr. King said, the end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of people. When we pray, Middle Church, just like we did today, the Lord's Prayer each week in all different voices and languages and formats, we pray together. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking for that to happen now. The future is beginning now. The vision of being the beloved community together and to one another is something that God is already doing now. So whether we stay or whether we leave, God is here, God is there, God is everywhere, making all things beloved and creating community. And when 
I look at our children at work, I can see it too. Being, a sense of being, is something that children show us well. Existing, living in the moment and the reality of the present, owning their identities, enjoying what is before them. They're being, they're ready to play, they're ready to create art or make change now. You'll often hear this from me in the message for all ages. Our young people are leaders now. They are young activists and young theologians. I can see Zechariah and Dr. King's vision when our young people are activated to respond with love and compassion to a variety of injustices. Sixth grader Soraya Gibson recently raised $580 to support women living in shelters in New York to have access to menstruation products with her Pads for People Living with Periods projects. Yeah. This past spring, Eddie and Sarah Levy shared with me that they had emailed their principal, and I was already impressed that elementary school students had active email addresses and were motivated to contact their principal. But they, they told me that they emailed their principal to discuss how they could do art or theater to raise money for folks living in poverty and experiencing homelessness. Yes. I've loved hearing highlights from Michelle and Maya Enlow during this summer's I Can Love My Neighbor Bingo Challenge. They found ways to connect and support people in their community by collecting canned goods and making birthday bags for a local shelter. Yes. And I remember Dominic and Carlo Vizioli continuing the Subway Sandwich gift card project, passing them on to someone who might be hungry in their neighborhood. This is just some examples of the advocacy and action from our young people to care for folks that are often overlooked in our city and in our world. Middle family, you care about children. And you see the role children play in the vision of being the beloved community together. That's why our children are a part of our worship celebrations. That's why we have the message for all ages every Sunday. That's why we have a children's Sabbath every year and why we work to end poverty with our partners, the Poor People's Campaign. And it's why we rebuild after times of disaster. We take our children and our young people seriously. And we know we have serious work to do. The Children's Defense Fund is calling us to make ending poverty for children our mission. And I trust that Middle is up for this work, knowing it involves a shared commitment with the gifts and the insight of all of our members, all ages of our members. And we are up for raising young activists for helping children overhear the gospel of God's love so that they too can see the vision of the beloved community, so that they can help us be the beloved community. Whether or not you have kids in your home or directly in your life, 
how are you embracing our young people? I remember being a teenager and coming home after school to watch Oprah every day. There was an interview with Toni Morrison that I was recently reminded of. It speaks to how we can each impact the next generation by our very presence and affirmation of love shown in tangible ways. Toni Morrison explained that it's interesting to watch what happens when a child walks into a room. She asked, does your face light up? She explained, when my children used to walk in the room when they were little, I looked at them to see if they had buckled their trousers or if their hair was combed or if their socks were up. You think your affection and your deep love is on display because you're caring for them. It's not. When they see you, they see the critical face. What's wrong now? Her advice was simple. She said, let your face speak what's in your heart. When they walk in the room, my face says, I'm glad to see them. It's just as small as that, you see. As Madge via Sondheim reminded us today, children will listen. Children are listening. And the truth, this truth is a communal calling, whether you are raising children in your home or not. Does your face light up? I am tremendously grateful to have had the opportunity to put that principle into direct practice in my time here. In a few hours, I'll head to JFK for my flight to Ghana, yeah, <laughs> where I'm getting married later this week. <laughs> My wedding dress is literally hanging upstairs right now with my suitcase. And my fiance, Kobe, has already arrived in Accra to join his family. And my family will arrive there in a few days, too. When we return to the US, we'll, beginning, we'll be beginning our married life in Delaware. So in the midst of many transitions, I'm grateful to have done life with you, Middle Church. This engagement ring, you can get a closer look later if you'd like, that Kobe gave me when he proposed on our New Year's flight from Ghana back to DC is an Adinkra symbol from West Africa. The shape of it looks like a chain link with two different pieces connecting and complementing one another. And the symbol is called Enkonsong Konsong. It means unity, human relations, and a reminder to contribute to the community. Pretty great, right? <laughs> that means no matter where Kobe and I end up, Ghana, Delaware, or somewhere else entirely, I am united with him, and we are united with the work of being and building community. Thank you, Middle, for being a community that has loved me and shaped me in these past five years. Our shared work continues, even as we engage different places and build new connections. Beloved community is inviting. It is joy-filled. Everybody is included. Everybody has a role. And everyone is cared for. 
It feels a lot like a middle church family picnic at Tompkins Square Park. The beloved community that God calls us to, as described by Zechariah and Dr. King, is being initiated and ushered in even now. The work we do and have done to create beloved community middle will stay in my heart. And the young and young at heart will also stay in my heart. Our shared call for all ages is to continue being the beloved community, wherever we may find ourselves, knowing that God is faithful and God is making all things beloved, creating community. May it be so. Amen. Thank you.